Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, we're taking a look at a topic that uh, fascinates me and I think probably fascinates most IT pros and CIOs that I talk to, is what does the future of our work environment look like? You know, what does communications and collaboration look like in the future? What's the new world of work going to look like as we kind of, uh, as we do hopefully come out of the kind of the, the world of COVID that we've all been very much used to for the for the last year or so. So, um, so uh, to really to discuss that with me, uh, this week, I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Michael Peachy. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? Yeah, well, good. Good to have you on show. I'm real well. And, and yourself, you're, you're doing well. Doing great. It's a, it's a sunny day here in the Bay Area, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, it's well, it's a, it's a sunny but very very windy uh, day here in the Liverpool area. So um, you know, but the but the Bay Area, you know, the the Bay Area is uh, you know not not a bad place to be stuck, I guess. No. Of places you could be, it's it's not the worst. So so that's that's good. Um, yeah, so well, look, sent home. If you're going to get sent home for a year for coronavirus, it's not a bad place to yeah. do it. <laughs> so um, well, look, Michael, before we uh, kind of jump into the topic, um, as as we always do here on Tech Interviews, uh, why don't you take a minute to uh, introduce yourself, tell people about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Michael Peachy. I run our uh, global user experience and design organization here at Ring Central. Uh, for your listeners who don't know Ring Central, uh, we provide collaboration solutions that help people at organizations stay connected and stay productive. So we've got products for giant enterprises. We've got free messaging and video products that anybody can go and download. Yeah, so uh, well, we were talking actually before we uh, started recording that I, I have your app on my desktop um, because again, you know, it, it, probably like most of us, we've we've used so many platforms that mm -hmm. um, that we've, we've probably lost count. Um, and, and actually, before we jump into the topic, you know, for, for you guys, what what's the last twelve months been like? Because you know, certainly my view is for for most collaboration uh, tool companies that it's probably been a pretty hectic uh, 12, 15 months or so for you. Yeah, so you know, back in March of 2020, when you know, at least here in the Bay Area, that's when coronavirus became a thing, and a lot of organizations sent their employees home. You know, we started this global, unwanted, unexpected experiment in in distance work and distance collaboration. So it was super interesting at Ring Central because you know we were both affected by coronavirus in terms of the changes in the workplace, like. We were remote like everybody else, uh, but, you know, injected a lot of meaning into the work that we were doing because, you know, we always liked building collaboration products for people, but suddenly it became a lot more meaningful. You know, the every decision we made as a design team was affecting millions of people and, you know, their their health, their sanity, their ability to get things done. So uh, it's uh, it's been a great Pretty much, almost exactly twelve months now, as, as we're talking now in uh, March twenty twenty one. Yeah, and that, actually, I think you make a couple of really interesting points there. Um, you know, and actually, one of them that I suppose we we don't always think about. You know, I've, I've I think that phrase "massive experiment." You know, that's not a phrase I've heard before, but but I think it's absolutely right, isn't it? I think all kinds of enterprises it doesn't really matter what kind of enterprise you look like. You know, we've all been kind of trying to almost fumble our way through how we've mm -hmm. got to where we are now. Yeah, you know, and and that's part of the reason I wanted to have this conversation with you today. When, when your your team kind of contacted me was because I'm fascinated to find out 
what's coming down the track for us as well. You know, what's this going to look like? Because certainly the conversation I'm having with organisations all the time is, what are we doing next? How are we evolving? You know, what what are we? What's the good things that we're going to take forward from from all of this? And what are some of the things that we'll we'll need to change? Um, but I thought the other thing that you mentioned that's interesting. I think it's easy for for outsiders like me looking into an organisation like Ring Central. You know, we look at yourselves and some of your well known competitors, um, and you know what we see with them is that we just assume that they've spent the last twelve months going, this is fantastic rubbing our hands together um, isn't business great. But like you said, you know, you, you're you're as impacted as the rest of us. You know, you you went from, I guess, having head offices in the Bay Area or, you know, Silicon Valley or wherever, you know, you, you, you've kind of gone from that to everybody working from home, this massive distributed workforce and and all the changes that, that that's brought about, you know. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that's been an interesting challenge. I mean, what, what have some, what, what have been some of the things that have surprised you in the last 12 months about that kind of work you know this distributed workforce environment we all find ourselves in yeah it's a it's a great question the um so we were really lucky and i'll, I'll talk about our design team at ring central so it's a global organization and i've got a, a significant team of designers in shaman china so very early in in you know before this was recognized as a pandemic in you know january of 2020 um, those regions of China were, were affected. So, you know, we kind of saw the, the, the wave coming because uh, I had a bunch of people that had to go home. So we spent a couple weeks getting people better Wi-Fi connectivity from their, from their homes, getting them the hardware they needed to collaborate, making sure they had the tools. Uh, you know, we were quite lucky because as a, as a maker of collaboration tools, I didn't need to go out and research, how am I gonna do video conferencing? How am I gonna go do team messaging? How are people gonna be able to make phone calls without using their own minutes, uh, which can be a problem in, in parts of the world. Then when we saw that happening, we took our Belmont team, which is the largest part of, of my team. Uh, and before we were all sent home, we did a 48 hour drill. So we picked a Thursday and Friday, happenstance turned out to be the week before we were actually sent home here in the Bay Area. Everybody went home and worked. So we were able to identify the problems, who had bad connectivity, you know, who had a barking dog, who didn't have a good place to sit. So that when we did get sent home, we were kind of a, a leg up. Uh, so that was a great piece of the experiment that really helped us. Uh, the other thing that Ring Central did that, I, that I'm particularly pleased to be a part of uh, we immediately created a free product for our video collaboration and our messaging. And we recognized that a lot of small businesses, you know, healthcare providers, frontline workers, K through 12 schools, nonprofits, you know, were being hugely disrupted. And maybe a lot of them didn't have a lot of IT infrastructure to go think things through or to make decisions about where we're going to spend limited funds. So we put together a, a free product for those and then started marketing it out on the website and, you know, through anybody that would listen to say, look, you know, we'll sort this out later together, but for now, go get the tools you need so that you can connect your employees and then you can stay doing the thing that you're doing, providing the service that you're doing. Um, and then, you know, over the last 12 months, you know, you referenced the great experiment. You know, this is a, uh, you know, I don't want to minimize the impact of, of COVID around the world. It's been a, a horrific thing. But there's a great opportunity in there to really understand how do people collaborate at a distance. Um, you know, I could never have a kind of experiment where, okay, let's go find a thousand people and have them work from home for a month. Like, you know, no organization would let me do that experiment. 
but we had that. And that really gave us a chance to get much, much better at how we help people be successful, how we help them thrive in a remote world. So it's, so you, it's, been, a, it's, it's been great. It's been interesting, challenging. So, so well, you, you mentioned a whole bunch of really good points in there, actually. And, and, um, and I appreciate we, we kind of, you know, pe- people who've listened to the show or, w- or watch the show, you know, in, in general will know that I don't script this. You know, we, we kind of get people on who've got interesting technology to talk about. But, you know, we have a, an outline of the kind of areas that we, we wanted to talk about. Um, and what I like about the first 10 minutes of, of our chat so far is we've not covered any of the things that we thought we might, <laughs> um, which is great, though, because because I think it's a it, it's, it's a fascinating insight into you know, we, we can look at an organization like Reams Central and assume that everything must have just been real easy for you. And, and I think what he was describing there, you know, it, it was, you know, may, maybe it was it, it was useful that you had those development teams in China that gave you a little bit of a head start. Um, but one, I suppose one of the things while he was talking that kind of that stuck in my mind was, have you seen over this kind of last 12 months or so that, you know, that some of the changes that you've seen and innovations that perhaps you've had to make, you know, are some of those things, are they things that were, you were going to make anyway and just had to accelerate or has there been things that, have, you know, you, again, we've touched on this experiment idea, but has this massive experiment, has been anything that's hugely surprised you in the 12 months thinking, do you know what? We never would have figured that out. We never would have seen that coming if we hadn't had to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the, the biggest core surprise for us and everybody else when everybody got sent home to work remotely um, is that it worked. You know, I think prior to this, many organizations, many managers, many teams, many people, you know, always sort of pictured working from home as being people walking around in their bunny slippers and their pajamas and not getting much stuff done all day long. You know, there's this idea of work-life balance. And if you're at home, then the life part is going to win and the work part's not going to win. Um, so I think a lot of people in the beginning were concerned about productivity. Um, what we saw in our own organization, what we saw as we talked to our customers, what we saw as we did research was actually the opposite. Uh, people became more productive. You know, we saw that, you mentioned the China office that we had there. We immediately saw productivity increase because people weren't commuting. They didn't have anything else to do because you couldn't go to a movie. You couldn't go to the park with your kids. You you know, couldn't go out to dinner. Um, and the, that gap got filled with work rather than with not work. Um, so surprisingly, the issue became stress management more than it became productivity. Uh, that then was followed up by fatigue. And, and, you know, we're all familiar with, or, you know, certainly the people listening to your podcast are likely very familiar with how tiring it is to sit in front of a computer and look at people in little rectangular boxes all day long. Um, So that that productivity spike started to decline, not because people were working less, but because they were not working as efficiently. And that largely became the focus of a lot of the stuff that, that we did in our product design. You know, rather than how do I connect you to more people on the screen at the same time so you can listen to them or talk to them, it became more a question of how do we connect you socially and emotionally in some real way to the people that you need to be connected with. You know, the, I, I read a, a great piece the other day where um, um, the blogger was writing. Her point was, you know, I think a lot of us didn't recognize how much we liked the people we worked with until they were taken away from us. No, no. Well, I think, I mean, I think again, you, you, you know, you make a whole bunch of, of great points here, and you know, and actually, I think that kind of um, 
you know, it's absolutely right. You know, here we are, you know, we're, we're recording this conversation, looking at each other in small boxes on a screen, you know, and, and I think you, you know, because I think one of the things that I've seen um, is often a challenge during the day is that idea of this kind of back-to-back thing that we do, you know, where mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're in the real world, you wouldn't go necessarily from all day, one meeting to one meeting to one meeting. You'd build in some gaps. You may be traveling between locations. Whereas here, of course, we're all sat in one place and we've, you know, we've got a, you know, we've got a call one till two and then there's one straight after two till three and then we're three to three thirty and then we've got three thirty to six and you know and suddenly that happens real real quick you know and I think that's a that's an interesting challenge and you know I think the other thing that you said as well and and I mentioned mentioned this earlier on actually when you, you talked about kind of you guys presented a, a free product as, as almost one of the first things that you did that I think you're right in that we are surprised at how quickly many of us adapted to this kind of thing. And I think there's lots of things that have allowed us to do that. You know, cloud-based services, solutions as a service has been a huge part of that, of course, making them easy mm-hmm. to consume. But I think, you know, there should be a pat on the back for organizations like Wing Central, who were, I think on the whole, and I think it's easy to forget this now as, as we look back nearly 12 months, but I think on the whole, we're really quick to they had solutions to a problem and were quick to offer them out. You know, they were quick to say, come and try, you know, and, and I get, you know, there's a, there's a strategy to that longer term that says, you know, maybe we win some customers with doing that. But I do get the feeling that genuinely that's not, not the driver. The driver was, we see a problem in the world. We have a technology that we, we hope can fix it. Um, so let's make it available. So if people want to and, take and, it and use and it, absolutely. great. If you can do something, um, I believe in our executive team believed as well that you should. We'll worry about, how we deal with it later, but step number one was be of service. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, as I say, I think it's easy for us to forget all that as we look back and, you know, talk about what you guys did. And obviously, you know, as I said before, some of your well-known competitors also um, all made lots of these kind of solutions uh, available to them. And, and I think it's fascinating kind of the things that you've discovered over the last 12 months. And, you know, and, um, you know, and some of those things that you've probably now started to build into your solutions that you'd never, you probably would never have considered because we've just not seen this this way of working. But, um, you know, and I think it's been fascinating kind of tr- digging into some of those things that you've learned. But I do want to kind of get into this topic of of what comes next. So, you know, maybe to set a little bit of context for people, you know, what, what's your view of the current state of the way that organizations are using collaboration and communications technology? You know, what does the current workplace look like in, in your view? Uh, interesting question. What we've seen is um, that with the organizations that we've talked to and the organizations that we've researched, we've seen them kind of split into two cohorts. Um, the people we spend most of our time talking to, not surprisingly, given that we market collaboration products, are very collaborative. Right? There's another set of organizations out there that we've seen in our research that have, have not thrived quite as well. You know, the first clear split are those organizations that gave their teams the tools they needed to be successful, stable, secure, well-working collaboration tools. Um, in, in this environment, of, you know, the, the phone on your desk or your, your mobile and an email are not really enough to be successful. So those organizations that are using tools like RingCentral's um, team messaging, our video collaboration, our telephony products, calendars, task managers, things like that, you can get stuff done, you know, or anybody else's tools that are out there that, that do this, this sort of thing. There are other organizations that have struggled to get that kind of collaboration tech in place, uh, you know, culturally or for whatever reason. Um, and we see those organizations not thrive versus their peers. Uh, the other very interesting thing that we saw in our research was this idea of the, um, 
um, an, an individual in the organization, this, this like champion of culture that could be anybody, you know, it could be a leader, it could be the CEO or a, a team lead someplace, or just one particular individual on the team who is the one that kind of rallied people and got them together, this champion of collaboration. They were the ones that started scheduling the virtual happy hours. They were the ones who thought, you know what, let's all just get up from our desks tomorrow at two and get on the phone with each other with our AirPods and walk around the block in the sunshine. Right? Those organizations, the employees that we talked to, we, we did a survey of 4,000 people globally, knowledge workers. Um, those that had that kind of champion built these connected cultures. And those employees reported dramatically improved productivity, optimism, effectiveness, and that helped their teams and their organizations. Uh, and yeah, you know, I probably know the answer to this before before I ask it, but let's ask it anyway. Yeah, you know, so because that's really interesting. I think that's a really interesting example that that you shared there. You know, and it's it's one of the things that um, I've, I've seen in organizations that I've spoken to that kind of cultural embracing uh, of the challenge. You know, that they've seen you know that they've recognized that asking people to sit looking at small boxes on screens all day is not uber productive for them you know and, and actually they've learned that we need to think differently I mean, I, i'll share an example with you i, I was talking to a, a a cio at a very well-known financial institution let's say uh, and he said actually as they were going into the winter one of the things their senior management had said to their their staff was rather than starting your day in the dark and working through to uh, another part of the day where it's dark take a two-hour lunch time you know nobody's gonna ask any mm -hmm. questions but when you do that get outside the house go like you, you've talked about before, just go for a walk go and do something interesting so you know i suppose the question i was going to ask was uh, how important do you think that the success has been because i think from as a technologist i'll look at the success and go well those who'd adopted cloud-like work approaches found this much easier but how important do you think that that cultural thing has been those who have grasp the culture both of wanting to find solutions but also recognizing problems how important has that been for for the success of companies who've done well in, in embracing kind of this this distributed working yeah, model in absolutely house? well i think the two things go hand in hand you need the tech in order to support things like that walk so you know it's and those soft things became much much more important or maybe we all realized how much more important they were in this great experiment uh, because of the stress and the lack of interpersonal connection, I think it became a bigger deal. But take the example of that two-hour walk in, in the afternoon. If you're in an organization where you struggle to stay connected to the information stream, you know, let's just say that all you're doing are phone calls and video meetings, and you're not doing a good job with team messaging products. If you take two hours away from an eight-hour block of calls, you're not, you're not going to be successful in your job. You can't thrive in your own role because you're going to be missing information. You're not going to be part of it. So great, go take a walk. But if you feel like you can't, you're not going to be able to do it. Now take an organization that's got a, a good integration in their workflow between meetings and messaging. So during my one hour walk, you and Betty and Bob are all having another meeting, but I'm not part of it. I'm taking my walk. If I can count on a good video recording after that meeting, and one of you to post some next steps and things in our team chat, well, then I can relax on my walk and I actually can go do it. So you need both. It's not just go take a walk. It's go take a walk and come back and be productive for the rest of the day. That may, Does that make sense? Am I getting at that? that yeah, no, it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And actually, I, I was just kind of thinking as you were describing it, I think that, that, that importance of 
you know, I, I mean, I, in my day job, I talk to lots of people about kind of data management. You know, I, I, I look after data management consultancy type business. You know, that's that's kind of what I do. And, and that conversation is often about portability of data, you know, the ability to have data where we need it, when we need it. You mm. know, and I thought something you said there that was really interesting. And again, I, I'd not really thought about it, but was this idea about having collaboration and communications as part of your workflow you know not it, it can't be for this to work successfully it can't be just an adjunct you know that we we have meetings over ring central or, or any other platform that you, you want to mention we have those meetings but we're just kind of we're using those meetings as though they were a telephone call almost and they're not kind of part of the way that we operate as a business is, is that is that something that's important that people need to look at how you integrate these things together so that 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 collaboration tool becomes part of the process as opposed to just this kind of thing that sits alongside it. Yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, you know, you brought up data and in, in data, there's the idea you've got data at rest and data in motion, and you can't just be, um, if you're just pouring data into your data lake and you're not taking anything out and you're not doing any analysis, you're doing a lot of work, but nothing interesting is happening in there. The, that seamless transition from real-time collaboration, what we're doing right now, you and I, to the, the more store and forward, the async kind of collaboration is really critical. And when, you know, you mentioned workflow and workflow is exactly the right thing. Prior to the conversation that we're having, there were a number of asynchronous communications that happened in written form. And those could be on text messages. They could be on Slack. They'd be on Ring Central's platform. They could be an email that, you know, probably could even be a handwritten letter. But there, there's, there's a back and forth that happens in order to get to the point where we're having this high bandwidth, high value, real-time collaboration, when we're done with this, there's going to be more async back and forth. To the, to the extent that those processes are integrated in your tools and in your workflow, then you've got this great seamless collaboration. So going back to the person taking the walk, what works for that is if the other people in her org that are having a meeting can extract the value of that meeting and leave it someplace for her to pick up when she's done, then she's been part of that whole process. And in the work from home, that becomes even more critical. So you think about the case of a caregiver, somebody who's got an elderly parent, they've got elementary school kids that they're trying, you know, everybody in the world with elementary school kids suddenly became an IT manager about a year ago, right? You got to get your kids into the, to the classroom meeting that's going on. You've got to go take care of a parent. You've got to dog that's barking, you know, you're in and out. So being able to move from those store and forward async workflows into the real time and back is, is really critical. And we've been working on product features that do just that. Yeah, well, I think um, that async communication piece, you know, I mean, the pigeon that I sent over with the invite for this to you is still really mm -hmm. tired. It's a long way from uh, the, the West Coast of England to the uh, West Coast of the US. Um, so, um let, let, let's let's kind of move on with you know because you just kind of touched you know you you ended that piece actually mentioning some of the things that you're starting to build into your product suite you know some of the things that Ring Central are doing you know so, so let, let's have a look at that you know what, what are some of the innovations then that you expect us to you know some of the changes that you've seen uh, some of the innovations that you're starting to build into your platforms you know what, what are the kind of things that that we you know people listening to this who are enterprise IT managers uh, and thinking what do I want to be thinking about next when it comes to workflow mm -hmm. and collaboration and communications what are some of the things that you guys are seeing you're starting to build into your solutions you know that what, what are the things that these guys should be looking out for I think that the main thing is the integration of the, the the three main tools that people use to collaborate in a work environment which are voice you need some sort of telephone system to call each other 
and importantly, to, to make phone calls outside the organization, a sales call, go talk to a partner, a vendor, somebody who's not on your platform. Um, you know, you, you, you can't use RingCentral Video or Zoom or Microsoft Teams to make a restaurant reservation because they're not on your platform, right? So you need telephony. You need the, the, the meeting and the screen share and the video product for those real-time high bandwidth knowledge sharing conversations at a distance, and you need some sort of messaging product. Team messaging, direct messages, text, you know, however that's going to go. Those are great in silos, and you need all three of them. But when you bring the three together, they become a lot more powerful. So, for example, in the, the Ring Central product, um, if you and I are having a direct conversation where we're texting each other in that store and forward async process, and I start writing a response, you ask me a question, I'm typing, and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a lot easier to tell him. I can look up at your little avatar, a little circle of your face, and it see there's a green dot, which means you're not in the middle of anything. I can click a button, and you and I are now having a video chat or we're having a phone call. There's no sending you a link and a message about, hey, why don't we talk at uh, three o'clock? Like, I'm not good at three. How about 3.30? Okay, here's the URL. We're both going to go click on it, right? I just click a button and I'm talking to you. If you don't want to talk to me, you don't answer, right? Then I can finish typing my thing. So we, we can move seamlessly back and forth amongst those. I think two of the, the, you asked before what was surprising, like what did we learn in this experiment? Um, two of my favorite features coming into the app were both driven by our own experiences in, in post-COVID collaboration. Uh, one is a thing we call Huddle Room. So when all of this first started, um, one of the things that happened with me and my team is we felt disconnected. We, we were socially distant from each other, not by six feet, but by the other side of town. Um, so we started an experiment amongst ourselves. Um, luckily, we've got lots of tech. Uh, so we built a meeting that runs all day and it was there at the end of a URL. And when we got up in the morning, the group of us that were doing this, would just check in on that meeting and go put it on our other monitor. And what we wanted to understand was, did that help us feel connected to each other or did it feel like Big Brother was watching? Okay. What we learned was that we liked being connected to each other. Eating the audio off, you're at your desk, you're not at your desk, you're eating a sandwich, there's no one there except the cat. Right? We felt connected. That's now turning into a feature in the product where if we're in a message, you and me and Leela on the, on the call here, if we're in a message thread because we're all working on the, you know, the, the annual TPS report, um, we're messaging each other back and forth, there's a meeting associated with that conversation, a meeting room that's there all the time. Either any of us can go jump into it. But more interestingly, if, if I see that a couple of my team members are in that, I might just drop in like I do in the real world. See a couple of my buddies sitting in the office like, hey, what are you guys up to? It recreates that, that both that social connection as well as that productivity game because information now flows in those informal ways it used to in the, the organization. So that, that's one of my favorites. So there's two things I wanted to ask off the back of that, and and I appreciate we're already running short on our recording time. So because um, you know part, partly because I think we went off down, a, I was fascinated by. Um, so so I'm already thinking I'd love to have you come back on, and we we may do some more around this because because it, it, it's a great topic. So it's a, it's always good to book a future podcast guest on on one episode. Um, so but two two things of what you've just said that you know in terms of. Um, you know, you're talking about that experience of uh, being able to communicate externally, and that idea that me, myself, and you, we could be communicating. You'd see my uh, my face in that little circle, and then you could click on it and say, "Well, let me go and you know, let, let's do a, a video call because that'll be easier than, than us messaging each other." 
And then you also mentioned this thing about kind of uh, you just talked about there the idea that you have these meeting rooms and did that did that make you feel connected like it would in the real world? So so I suppose my two questions are um, one. Feel free to answer if you can uh, and, and uh, tell me to mind my own business if you can't. Um, and the other one's just kind of a general, um, you know, what, what do you think about it? From an industry point of view, so from a communication, you know, as, as part of the communication and collaboration industry, is there any kind of thing going on that would make that cross-platform communication as smooth as that? So if I'm on Ring Central and I've got a, a, somebody I want to talk to who's uh, on Teams, you know, is there any thought, is there work in integrating platforms like that together so I could still click on the face and have that conversation? Um, and then the other thing was that what you just said there um, about the real experience. Do, do you think the future of this is to continue, is to try and replicate what the real world feels like? Or is it, an, an, you know, an innovation of that? It's not quite replicating exactly the modern world, but it's it's trying to balance the best best of both worlds, I suppose. So a lot, a lot to unpack in a short time there for you. For you. Well, I think that um, one of the things that you're touching on, and maybe this should be the subject of our next discussion, is what happens when half the world goes back to work and the other half is still remote. Because we're not we're not going back to December 2019. We're going forward to December 2021. And I believe in that world that there are going to be people who never go back into the office but still retain their job. There are going to be people who are in the office sometimes, but not others. And there are going to be people who want to go back in more or less full-time. So how does an organization um, organize its workers so that those that are remote and those that are in the office are just as productive as each other and they don't separate into two halves? And that's a much, much longer conversation. And I'd be thrilled to have it because it's, uh, I think it's really, it's really important. This is where the, the, the world is going to. Um, your, your other question about the, the, the interconnectivity and that ease of collaboration, and do we copy what exists in the, the physical world, or do we do something better and different? Um, and that's an easy one to answer. Progress happens when people try to copy something and miss. So what, what my team is going to do and what smart people at all sorts of other organizations to do collaboration are going to do, they're going to take inspiration from the real physical world. They're going to try to copy it, and they're going to miss. You know, and at some point, AI and virtual reality is going to come in and we're going to have, you know, 3D avatars walking around. And maybe that's going to be great. But, you know, maybe that's not the thing that, that we're going to need in there. But the real world analogs are the places we want to we want to start. So, you know, I'll give you another example of something we're doing in the product. In the real world, in the office, you and I are working in our cubes or wherever we are. I've got a vague sense of what you're up to. I got a vague sense of whether you're busy or not. Um, and there's this, this, this debris that happens when people are doing work. Messy whiteboards, crumpled up pieces of paper, old pizza boxes and things like that, that we don't have in the virtual world. Right? Like, I don't know if you did an all-nighter last night to help deliver the big Johnson project or not. You know, there's no debris. So how do we create that sort of trail of artifacts of work in those team collaborations. And that's, again, where the messaging and the meeting can come along. So, you know, as a data person, you understand logging, right? Every time something happens, it gets logged, right? What if in the collaborations, even if those small events, which don't drive actual knowledge sharing, are logged in some non-intrusive way, so that when I come in in the morning, I just kind of see the debris of the collaboration that happened in Liverpool last night while I was sleeping. 
I might dip into that information stream and kind of be like, you know, what are those notes about? Or what did those two guys talk about? You know, or I might just notice the empty pizza boxes. That gets us all connected to each other in that kind of physical way. You know, but it's not a, exactly the way it happened in the office, right? Copy and miss a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I think that's fascinating, actually. And, you know, and, and that that how you almost embrace the... Um you know, that, that kind of nuance that you'd see in the real world. How do you embrace that into a world? Cause I, I agree with you. You know, I think while some people will go back to the office, not everybody will. And even those that go back may not go back all the time, you know, and they, these are big shifts that organizations are going to have to deal with, which was, you know, part of the reason I wanted to have this conversation with you. Cause I, I was interested in the take from somebody who, who worked in that industry and developed solutions for that industry. Um, but you know, we, we've already, already kind of run out of time. So I wanted to, to kind of wrap up, um, quickly on the, just a couple of things. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Ring Central. So, you know, how do people find out a little bit more about what you guys do, particularly if they've maybe have not come across you? I think most people probably have, but if they've not come across you. How do they find out a little bit about what you do? And uh, and what what's a good way to follow up with you, Michael? If they're, they're interested in kind of some of the topics you've talked about or what Ring Central are doing, how, how do they find out more? Sure. So um, the uh, best way to find out more about Ring Central is is go to your favorite browser search application and type in Ring Central, one word or two words, whatever you like. Um, you'll end up at ringcentral.com. And, and from there, you can click around and learn about the products. The uh, We do have a free unlimited version of our messaging and video product um, that, uh, you know, there's no 45 minute cap. There's no, you know, I think you can put up to 100 people in a in a meeting and, and it's all there. Um, so if you don't have a preferred video and messaging product, go ahead and grab yourself some of that. Um, if you already have one, but you're not really integrating the messaging in the video, I'd really encourage um, the forward-looking people, the, you know, the ones who are thinking about the future in an organization, go play around with how messages and you know, team messages and video work well together and see if that's something that works for your organization. Um, as far as uh, tracking me down, I imagine you'll have uh, the name somewhere in the, the text accompanying the podcast. Uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also Googleable. So uh, you can you can track me down that way. And uh, if you want to talk more about the future of work, the hybrid workplace, um, we could uh, I'd, I'd be happy to talk more about that. It's uh, it's great work you're doing to get the message out. And my goal is to help people and team leaders and organizations be successful in their collaboration. Um, if you can help me get the message out, then, you know, you're I'm grateful. Well, well, Michael, I, you know, genuinely, it's been a real good conversation. I've really enjoyed it, and I think there's it's such a wide topic, you know, and, and it's um, you know, I think what you guys at Ring Central and you know, and, and companies like yours are doing has has been a huge part in allowing swathes of the economy to continue to operate around the globe. You know, continue to operate in a way that. We, you know, five, 10 years ago would, you know, definitely 10 years ago, but it maybe even five years ago would just not have been possible. So, um, but, uh, you know, and, and I think the, the the view of what you're seeing and how this will evolve, I think it's interesting to kind of anybody who's charged with looking at how technology is going to underpin future, you know, future business activities. So, Michael, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to take you up on it. Look forward to having you back on in the uh, not too distant future to talk some more. But for now, Michael, thanks for being on Tech Interviews and uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts with us thank you so much i hope you enjoyed that first show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes and if you've got an idea for a show i'd like to pose a guest then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com to make sure you catch the next episode of tech interviews then why not subscribe you can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts including apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and spotify and for the video version of the show over on youtube 
So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.